I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, it's Dave Kittle on The Dave Kittle Show. Today's topic, nine things owners care about when selling their therapy practice I'm Dave Kittle, physical therapist and the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We are currently acquiring practices in New York and New Jersey and surrounding areas. This presentation now will give you more information. And again, in no particular order, jump over to YouTube to see some slides. I have a slide presentation. If you're watching on iTunes or SoundCloud, it would be a little bit better of an experience to jump over to YouTube to check out this episode, especially if you're a therapy practice owner thinking about selling some or all of your practice. Again, with these nine things that owners care most about, where did these nine things come from? First of all, there will be some overlap between some of these nine things, but ultimately these nine points came from some of the practice owners that we've already had on the podcast. And we asked them, hey, what did you care about? What were the reasons why you sold and what were the things that were most important to you? at the beginning of the process when considering it, during the process, and then after the process, it was over. So with an owner that might be watching or listening to this episode now, this hopefully gives you some insight, some things to think about before you enter the process, wherever you might be in the level of seriousness in your decision-making process. So number one, owners want a fair price, oftentimes uh, marketed as top dollar. It could be max value. It could be fair price, whatever that means to you, but ultimately you want and deserve as a therapy practice owner to be compensated for the value that you've built, the the practice and the business that you've built, serving your community, building a team of therapists and building a family or a team dynamic that is certainly valuable. Number two, the second thing that in no particular order that, that owners care about, oftentimes they want to continue to treat patients, but they want to get out of the administrative tasks and headaches. These are just words that we've heard from practice owners that we're currently speaking with, or again, practice owners that have been on our show, on our podcast, or practice owners that I've spoken with over the past several years. These are in no particular order. Number three, owners want a specific buyer. A specific buyer could be a particular practice or company. It could be a potential buyer, a specific buyer, meaning it could be for us, like we're like a PT owner group is what we're termed. And Some owners don't want to sell to a corporate. So some owners would rather speak with us and and potentially sell to us. So owners want a specific buyer. So that that, there's pros and cons either way. Some owners sell to USPH, which is a public company of, as far as I know, a pretty reputable company and practice where the practice gets to keep the original name that you created, the branding and the logo and all that, the local feel, the mom and pop kind of feel. Anyway, as an owner, you may be looking for a specific buyer. Number four, an owner uh, wants to partner or sell to a buyer who protects their legacy and doesn't damage the reputation, who protects their legacy and does not damage your reputation that you've spent your life building, your career building. Very, very important for us. We keep that in very, very high regard. We're very serious about that. 
Number five, a buyer who is flexible and a practice owner, a therapy practice owner out there typically would like or benefit from a buyer who is flexible. Why is that? Well, because every owner is different. Every practice owner is different. Some may want to stay on and continue working. Some may want to continue to stay on and help with consulting type stuff. Some owners want to stay on and treat X amount of patients per day or per week, maybe two or three days a week, they treat patients. But again, from that other point, they get out of the admin, the headaches, the tasks, things that they don't want to do anymore, the insurance billing, that type of stuff. But a seller like you and an owner out there like you is probably looking or would want a buyer who is flexible. Number six, the structure of the sale, meaning the terms, we'll get into that more. But point number one was more about like the purchase price, like the fair value, the market value, the top dollar or max value. But in the structure of the sale, there's also like the term. So like, we'll get more into that. Number seven, tax consequences, which is where you'll kind of pull in your accountant, your wealth manager, your financial advisor during this process, maybe at the end of the process, but tax consequences is a component for sure. Number eight, timeline. How quick can this be done? How challenging or what's the type of timeline or time commitment that a therapy owner can expect? And number nine, the stress. Is it stressful? What type of effort is involved? So now we're going to recap those, but those are the those are the nine things that practice owners have told us, therapy practice owners have told us the most important things that are important to them when selling. So now let's describe these nine points a little further. Number one, again, owners want a fair price. Ideally, they're looking to sell for top dollar or max value, which we completely understand. And it really depends on, on the practice for sure. It really depends on the trailing 12 months of net profits. So the unencumbered cash flow of the practice, like net profits plus addbacks, because the addbacks, and we're going to be putting out other videos and content and, uh, and interviews with other folks about addbacks specifically, but the addbacks will actually show that there's more profit available for a prospective buyer. You as the owner will be able to show that, negotiate that. So even if you're declaring a small number per year on your taxes, 10, 20 grand a year as your net profit, of course, there's going to be addbacks in there that actually boost your overall EBITDA number so that you can sell for a larger purchase price, uh, boosting your EBITDA and then multi whatever the multiple that is involved there, the EBITDA multiple, then ultimately that gets you to a larger purchase price, which is ultimately what you're looking for. Number two, keep treating the owner potentially can continue to keep treating patients, but offload the administrative tasks and headaches, which is what we mentioned. This is just the recap with a little bit more uh, filler here. Number three, owner wants a specific buyer. Again, a buyer, every owner is different. Some owners don't care. Some owners are looking to just check out or they are looking to sell to a corporate chain and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I know many of, many of them or, or the CEOs of those companies. Sometimes an owner just wants to sell and maybe a corporate is the best option to sell in terms of like paying them top dollar if, if that's really what they want or whatever. So a buyer who will respect your employees is what we hear from many practice owners that's important to them, as well as a buyer who is loyal to their long-term employees and that they're taken care of. A practice owner like you is possibly looking for a buyer that is a safe pair of hands. Uh, for their family, their team, their team that they've created, which oftentimes these therapy practice owners are calling them their family, their extended family. It really is kind of like a family feel in many therapy practices across the country. A buyer like us, therapy practice owner may be looking for a buyer who does not come in 
and make a ton of changes, does not come in and ruffle too many feathers or create waves and, and create massive change. For example, maybe they they keep your name, your brand, they keep the electronic medical record system the same. Eventually, it might migrate and change to whatever is the main corporate or the main platform company, whatever they're using or what they want to use to kind of have synergies across reporting and synergies across billing and all that. Number four, uh, partner or sell to a buyer who protects your legacy or reputation. Number five, a buyer who is flexible because again, every owner is different. What that could potentially mean is, uh, quote unquote, take some money off the table. So every practice owner is different. Uh, but some owners are looking to maybe sell 60 to 70% of their practice. And they're looking to keep an equity position in the practice. So they're taking some money off the table, but they're still remaining a partner. And then there's a whole host of other things that could occur, meaning they could treat patients still, or maybe not. They could they could keep that equity and treat patients. They could keep 25% equity potentially and be work, working more in a consulting role. Maybe they continue to help with physician relationships. Maybe they continue to do on-site or remote training, you know, culture type work with the staff to kind of help with the transition. Most owners are going to stick around after the process of selling their practice. They're going to stick around at least three months. Most buyers are going to want you to stick around for at least three months to help with the transition to kind of stabilize things. So there's not like massive change and chaos and, and your team and employees are looking to, you know, go work and move elsewhere. So you certainly could keep an equity position you could take some money off the table. It certainly depends on your situation as the owner. Some owners may want to sell 100% of their stake and retire and move on to the next chapter of their lives. So this certainly depends on many factors. It depends on their financial situation. It depends on the owner's age. It depends on the owner's goals. Are they looking to travel more? Are they looking to move to a different state? Are they looking to travel to Europe or other countries much more than they ever did before or were able to before? Number six, the structure of the sale. Cash at close. So how much potential cash at close? It really depends on the structure of the sale. So when I say structure of the sale, you might agree to a million dollars. But let's say maybe 750 grand is paid at the cat, paid down at the cash at close. So you get a wire for a wire transfer of $750,000. But the remainder could be quote unquote seller's finance or an earnout, meaning a seller's note where you will be promised and guaranteed those payments, the rest of that money potentially for, it could be a monthly payment depending on how long it's stretched out. It could be as short as a few months or maybe it's a year. And in some cases, if the cash at close is less and maybe there's more of an earnout component, that earnout in some cases, every sale every every practice is different but in some cases that could stretch on for many years 3 years 5 years 7 years and there typically would be an interest rate that you as the owner would get for that as well so there'd be an interest rate add on to whatever that dollar amount is just for easy numbers if you were selling let's just say a million dollars was your agreed upon purchase price you were getting $800,000 cash at close a wire transfer for $800,000 and then $200,000 was a an earnout or a sell, like seller's note or seller's finance. There's a couple of different terms around this. The $200,000 would be a promissory note, a guarantee payment that the buyer, us in this potential situation, if we're the buyer, 
we personally guarantee that $200,000 and maybe we say, hey, we'll pay you this $200,000 over the next two years. So next year, you'll be guaranteed $100,000 in monthly installments. And then the second $100,000 in the year after that in monthly installments with a pre-agreed upon interest rate. All of these kind of factor into the structure of the sale. Also, the structure of the sale, of course, will have tax consequences or tax considerations. So number seven, tax consequences. Uh, again, the structure and the taxes depends on how much your practice, how much of your practice that you're selling. So you're going to have a larger tax bill if you sell more of your practice or have a larger cash at close dollar amount, obviously. And it certainly depends on your tax bracket, which I believe I wrote in here. Uh, next, yes, depending on your tax bracket, if you're following along on the YouTube, if you're watching and following along on the slides here. So it depends on your tax bracket, structure of the deal and taxes depends on how much of your practice that you're selling. So if you're selling the purchase price is a million dollars and you're getting 100% cash at close, you're getting a million dollar wire, maybe also, by the way, sometimes 10% of that might be held in an escrow for X amount of maybe six months, X amount of time. They want to, you know, the buyer wants to make sure that there's no like Medicare retro retroactive payments or XYZ. They want to make sure sometimes some money is held in escrow on the side as part of the deal. So, but just to make numbers easy, if you were selling for a million dollars and that was 100% of the practice, then obviously you're going to have a bigger tax bill for that, depending on your tax bracket, as opposed to if you were selling half of that practice and you're keeping half the practice and you're selling the other half of the practice for 500 grand on that type of a hypothetical. So obviously you're gonna get taxed less depending on your tax bracket and where you're at. You're gonna get typically taxed less on that 500 grand because it's a smaller dollar amount, right? It's a smaller overall transaction. Something to consider when getting to that point. Also owners pay more, like I said, owners pay more in taxes if most of the sale price is cash at close and less taxes if the there was a hybrid of, 75% cash at close and then 25% as the earnout. So then you can actually reduce your tax liability and still get personal guarantee payments of that 25% component, that earnout. You just don't get it down at the cash at close. Again, you're going to speak to your financial advisor, your wealth manager. You're going to want a place to park and put that money and invest that money, whether it's in real estate, it could be in Vanguard, it could be in you know the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, whatever your own stocks that you're interested in, tech stocks, whatever, hopefully not crypto or Bitcoin, but also you can put that money into uh, other small business transactions or investments. So there's a lot of things that we're not qualified to speak about, but you would speak to your financial advisor or money market manager, et cetera. So at this point, like I said, this is when you're working much more closely with your financial advisor or wealth manager, just for context on the Dave Kittle show over the past several weeks and months. We've interviewed different financial advisors and wealth managers. So you'll have to check out, again, the catalog of past episodes and interviews in regards to some of those wealth managers and financial advisors who help therapy practice owners and help physical therapists, PTs and OTs. Number eight, timeline. How quick can this get done? This is really important because some sellers, some owners in your case, the, the potential seller, sometimes there could be... Uh, Things called like deal lag or where the transaction or the, the going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with documents and all that can become a drag. So it's important for us and, and other potential buyers to kind of give you a realistic timeline. 
and they might say, oh, you know, you know, 60 to 90 days or 90 to 120 days for a transaction of a potential sale. It really depends on so many factors though, but ideally think of like that it's not going to be two weeks, right? It's it's going to be the largest transaction of your life. It's really, really important for you to have either your accountant or your lawyer, your advisors, maybe you have a broker or not, but if you have a broker, the broker's kind of going to be in the mix as well. You want to have your confidants, your team, your advising team around you for that uh, type of timeline. And they'll hopefully give you more information about the speed of things and also depends on the, the buyers as well. Owners can speed up or slow down the process with your responsiveness during the negotiation, especially on the front end with like getting, you know, the tax documents, the lease terms of your practice, like your insurance contracts, all these types of things the buyers will want to see. That's what we need and want to see. So that takes time for you to kind of procure and get those documents. Now, if you're working with a broker, you'll typically, the broker will have kind of like a checklist and they'll make sure that all these documents are like already like in a folder ready before they put your market on sale, you know, on the market and start reaching out to potential buyers. But if you don't have a broker, then the process will depend on your responsiveness of getting these document requests from the requests back to us, back to the prospective buyer. So you can certainly speed up that process. Again, they could be 90 days or longer. It really depends on the time it takes the owner to forward documents to the buyer in the beginning. Then once us, like the prospective buyers, once we have like the tax return, your recent tax returns, income statement, profit and loss statement, balance sheet, your lease terms of your lease agreement, your insurance contracts, your payer mix, productivity of your team, like who's your team members, who are the clinicians, who are the front desk people, how long that they've been employed with you those things will help us with knowing that there's stability there. So those are kind of like the common document requests in the beginning. Eventually we'll ask for other things like line by line items from your your bank account or things that your accountant can maybe procure or things that you can pull up. Those are the standard document requests typically. And then after that, it's really gonna be talking about looking at net profit, looking at what's your EBITDA. You'll have an opinion, your team and your broker or financial advisor will have or your accountant will have an idea of like what your practice's EBITDA is. And then we're going to measure it. We're going to assess it. And then we're going to kind of negotiate back and forth. Like where can we find some common ground about addbacks? And we'll give you credit for a lot of addbacks, but not all. It depends on the addbacks, of course. And, and we're going to do another presentation and another episode soon about addbacks. But it really depends on both sides, both parties, about how long this process can take. Then once you get past all that, then it's really like, once I said that the net profit, the EBITDA, asking price, flexibility on both sides, then it's really like, then it's just agreeing on price and terms. So it depends like, hey, how much cash to close? How much do you need at cash to close? How much do you want at cash to close? Is there any flexibility with an earnout, with some component of an earnout, with some component of a seller's finance, meaning you take a promissory note with X amount of interest rate on that for X amount of time in the future? So there's a lot of flexibility. It really depends on your side, the owner, and the prospective buyer. And number nine, stress, effort. How stressful is this going to be? How much effort is this going to take? Well, hopefully a little less after this presentation. Again, this is going to be the largest transaction of your life. So yes, it will be stressful. The more that an owner is prepared, the less stress they will have. The more that you are prepared, the less stress that you will have. And hopefully... This slide presentation will provide you a little 
solace in the fact that this is a like a little notch closer to making a little bit easier. Hopefully, I'm pre-framing you a little bit by giving you some of the insight here, but not overwhelming you, but just giving you enough right now to understand the process. Again, these nine points are things that practice owners have told me offline, have told me on the podcast when I've interviewed them, and also things that uh, other M&A professionals, folks, like that's what I interviewed them and I asked them like, hey, what are your clients? What is most important to your clients? And obviously it's usually like the purchase price, like top dollar and the offer. And then, you know, the structure of the offer and, and also what that owner is able to do after the transaction. So if the owner wants to keep treating patients, they can maybe do that. They typically can do that depending on the buyer. If it's us, like absolutely. Or if they're looking to move away or not really be involved anymore, it really just depends on the buyer. But ultimately, you the ball's in your court as the practice owner. So, what is most important to you? I'm I'm curious. Like, what's most important to you when considering your considering selling some or all of your therapy practice? How will you interview potential buyers? Like, part of putting this out is to give you more of this insight, a little bit more behind the scenes of how these interactions go. But it's important for you to be able to ask some of these questions and know some of these points. And uh, and move forward in a in a smart way, in an efficient way. So, how will you get the buyers, the prospective buyers, to speak on some of these points? Meaning, when during the interview process, how will you be able to uh, pull that information out and identify, like, hey, what type of uh, buyer are we dealing with here? Are they flexible or not? Are they are they flexible on price and terms? And what what are they looking to do? So. All those sorts of things are very, very important for you as you're looking to sell or considering or thinking about selling some or all of your practice. Are some of these points really important to you? Like, I would love to know if they are. And, and also, are there other areas that are important to you, but they're not mentioned here? If that's the case, uh, let me know. I would love for you to shoot me an email, dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's dave at conciergepainrelief.com, or you certainly could... Uh, connect with me on social media, send me a private message. If there's something that's not in here, then in the future, I'd love to do an updated presentation with something that is important to you anonymously that I won't put your name in in the presentation in the future. But if there's something that is important to you that's not mentioned here, I would love to hear about it. Or at the same time, if you you like what you hear and what I have to say or, or what we're doing, and if you have a therapy practice in the New York or New Jersey area, I would love to uh, connect with you. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook. Again, you can shoot me an email, dave at conciergepainrelief.com. And that's it for our presentation here. So dave at conciergepainrelief.com is the email address here. And that's it for now on the Dave Kittle Show. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.